0: Hi, this is Don Cherie Wilkerson and I pastor VU Church in Miami, Florida. And this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. Hey, wherever you are, I wanna welcome you to VU. This is a family and I'm so grateful to be a part of this family. I wanna say a big happy Mother's Day. Wherever you are, happy Mother's Day. You know, at Gook Church, we celebrate all women on this holiday. Doesn't matter if you've given birth to a child, if you have a mother's heart, we honor you today. We celebrate you today. We thank God for your life and the impact and influence that it's making in those around you. And if you have your Bibles today, you can grab them, you can grab your notebook. Everybody in this auditorium, you can turn your right, your left, tell somebody, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. For those of you at home, why don't you get comfy? Why don't you get a seat on your couch, grab your pencil and your notebook. We're gonna turn together to God's word, Mark chapter 7, Verse 24, are you surprised? We have been in the book of Mark for a minute now. We're taking six months as a community to look closely at the book of Mark and the life of Jesus, what He did, what He said. And I believe today that you're gonna be encouraged. This is the story, if you look in your Bible, the header says Jesus honors a Syrophoenician woman's faith. And this is what it reads says, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. How many of you know if Jesus is there, the word is gonna get out. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, Jesus told her. For it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under your table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for sex, your reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. Verse 30, she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. As we continue to look to the book of Mark, as we continue to look to the life of Jesus here at Voo Church, week in, week out, I wanna take this moment together to talk to you in for the next few minutes on this thought, if you're desperate, will you pray with me? Wherever you are, Lord, I just pray, that our hearts would be stirred as we look to your word today. God, I pray for people who don't know you, that today they would surrender their life. Pray for people that are desperate for a touch from you, that today your Holy Spirit would meet them right where they are, God, in their living room, in their car, Lord. God, make your presence known. We look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Oh, come on, Book Church, everybody said? Amen. Amen, amen. Well, you know, it's Mother's Day. And I want you to know, I love my kids. I'm going to say that one more time. I love my kids. I prayed for eight years that God would give us a baby. And I stand in the midst of a miracle today as I have two sons and a daughter on the way, just two months away, man. I'm grateful for the faithfulness of the God that we serve. I love my kids. But that said, my favorite part of the day is when I put my kids to sleep. It is a beautiful moment that I look forward to every single day. I mean, it is such a beautiful sense of accomplishment. Like you get stuff done as you're putting your kids to bed. PJs, check, diaper, check, bottle, check, read the books, check, do all the things, check, check, check. And as I am shutting that door and saying goodnight, babies, and as I am tiptoeing away, I might as well have just won the gold medal at the World Olympics. It's a high unlike any other. And as I shut that door, now this is my time. I get to rest. Don't don't look at me crazy in this room. If you're listening, don't think I'm a bad parent. For all the people that are a part of Voo Church and you're a parent, listen, I know that sometimes you just come to church so you can drop your kids off at Voo Kids. (laughs) I know that it's an hour and a half of free babysitting. I know that you walk into this room and you're like, oh my goodness, here is a little bit of a break. Church Online, I'm sorry that you do not have that privilege. There is nothing like the moment As a parent, when you are desperate for rest, and you get that moment. This is where we find ourselves in the text. Jesus has been in ministry and he has been going so hard. And the Bible tells us that he leaves where he is and he heads to a place called Tyre. And it is a Gentile region. He's been around the Sea of Galilee and he has taken some time away so that he can rest. He's just had this really confrontational conversation with the Pharisees. Things got really heated and now he needs to take some me time. He needs to take some time to rest. So he heads to Tyre, and he's tired. He's in Tyre, and he's tired. And the Bible tells us that he's hiding out at this house. And the Bible tells us that a woman, who Mark makes sure we understand that this isn't just a normal exchange with Jesus and someone that he would normally encounter. No, Mark makes it clear, this woman has three strikes against her. She is a woman first and foremost, she is a Gentile, and she is a foreigner. And this woman finds out where Jesus is. He, she comes to his home, and she starts to beg him to heal her little daughter, who is demon-possessed. She's begging for her daughter's healing, and Jesus replies, first let the children eat all they want he told her it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs you're like whoa hold on full stop Jesus that's incredibly insulting like this might be one of the most offensive things that you have ever said But how many of you know that when we read words on paper there's so much more going on than just what you read there is context when you understand how Jesus says it, he's saying it in a playful tone to her. In fact, he's actually trying to have a conversation with her. He, he's throwing the question to her just so that she will respond. He's inviting her into a friendly exchange, just like he invites you and me every single day. When he refers to the dogs, he's not talking about like some tough street dog. No, he's talking about like a a puppy, like a baby, like that would be inside of your home. And he's either referring to his first mission being to the Jews and then to the rest of the world, like we know Jesus was sent, Or he's trying to make a parallel to her that she'll understand that in the Gentile home that they have their family around the table and the little puppies and he's trying to get across to her. I am really tired right now. If he were insulting her, there would be dissonance. Because the story right before this conversation with the Syrophoenician woman is all about what is clean and what is unclean. And Jesus makes it very clear. I came For everyone. So don't get it twisted. Jesus is leaning into a conversation with this woman. He's inviting her in to having a conversation with him and bearing her heart and the pain that she has carried to him. See, this story is not about gender. This story is not about race. This story is not about pedigree. So what is this story about? This story is about desperation and faith. What happens when desperation and faith collide? This is what we see in Mark chapter seven. We're reading a one-on-one encounter once again. Don't you just love how many one-on-one encounters Jesus has with people in the Word of God? He's having this encounter with this Syrophoenician woman, but you know that the way that we approach Jesus reveals a lot about our heart. We've learned that over the last few months, whether you're blind Bartimaeus, Whether you're the rich young ruler, whether you're the disciples, whether you are the Syrophoenician woman, it reveals a lot about you, the way that you approach Jesus. Hear me, she doesn't know what the rich young ruler knows. She wasn't educated that way. She doesn't have the friendship with Jesus that all the disciples have. But this woman who is desperate has an open and humble heart. And her heart being open is more than enough for the Messiah to make a miracle out of this conversation. Oh, come on. Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of a loving God? He's faithful and true. The subtitle of this story is Jesus Jesus honors a Syrophoenician woman's faith. So Jesus steps aside and makes this woman's actions front and center. And if Jesus is honoring what she did, then I think that we should take a close and careful look today at what she did and how she approached Jesus. I want to take the next few minutes to take a close and careful look at the way she approaches Jesus in her desperation. And if you're in a season of desperation, I believe that God is going to speak to your soul and bring strength and sustain you in the middle of your most difficult season. Oh, come on. Do you believe it today? God is here with us. He's speaking to us. You won't be denied. How does she approach Jesus in her desperation? Well today if you're desperate first and foremost seek Jesus. We see her seek out Jesus. Now this woman has a little girl. A little girl specifically. She's small and she is tormented by an evil spirit. Can you imagine This woman wasn't raised in the Jewish faith. She served many gods. She had probably prayed so many times to all the gods that she served that God would heal her daughter, not even knowing that the very gods that she is worshiping opened up a door to her home to this evil spirit that is tormenting her daughter. It matters what you allow into your home. Parents, I wanna ask you today, what are you allowing into your home? Be careful what you open your heart up to. You may be thinking, why would God allow this? Why would God allow a little girl to be tormented by an evil spirit? But this home wasn't devoted to God. And as we raise the next generation, as we pour out our hearts and and our resources, may we not be blind to what we are opening up our home to. What is caught is more important than what is taught. It's the life that we live in front of our children that speaks so much louder than words. And here she is, and she wants her daughter to be free. You can imagine her speaking to her friends and family saying, I've heard about this Jesus. I've heard about this man who heals. If only he'd come near where we live. I don't know how to get to him. But man, if only this healer, if only this man that I believe is the God of all the universe, if he could come closer, then maybe my daughter could be healed. And then one day, one of her friends or her family says, oh, you didn't hear? Jesus is a few doors down. He's in the neighborhood. He's here, right here, right now you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the message interpretation of John chapter 1 verse 14. It says this, the word made flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from the start. You see, you may not know it yet, Big Jesus has moved into your neighborhood. He's not far from you. He's close to you. And you may have been looking for solutions all around you. You may have never had an encounter with him in your life. But today, he is in your neighborhood. And you can seek him. You can seek him today. She seeks him out. I have a supernatural gift in my home. I'm a finder. I know where all the things are. This past weekend, I was in a layover in Dallas at DFW Airport and I get a call from Rich and he's like, babe, where are the keys? I'm like, I'm I'm in Dallas right now, Rich. (laughs) Like, well, have you checked the baby bag? No, it's not there. Have you checked beside our bed? No, it's not there. Have you checked? The backpacks? No, it's not there. Have you checked the junk drawer? No, it's not there. Well, you checked the the bowl by the door that holds the keys, right? Oh yeah, there it is. I'm finding things from different states. I'm finding things from different states. I don't know, moms just know where things are. I love that Jesus is on the DL. I love that he's hiding out. I love that he's resting, that he wants some privacy. And this mom is so bent in desperation to find a solution to her daughter's pain, that even Jesus himself, can't hide from her. She seeks him and she finds him. And I want to encourage somebody today, if you're desperate in your heart, you will find the God that answers every single time and he won't turn you away and he won't turn a blind eye and he won't ignore you. He will answer you. Come on, if you believe it today, will you give God praise in this house? She finds him. She's not taking it easy. She's earnestly seeking Him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When was the last time you sought Him with all your heart? Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. Psalm 105, 4 says, look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face Always. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. What is the scripture saying? It's saying he's near right now. Take your shot. Seek him and you'll find him. Open up your heart to what he wants to do within you. He will meet you in your mess. We are promised that as we seek, we will find She doesn't just seek him, though. She then petitions him. And if you're desperate, petition Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. How many of you know that the society and the world that we live in, anxiety has infiltrated every age group, every sector. But scripture says something different. It's countercultural. It says Don't be anxious about anything. Come on, say anything. Anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests. In other words, ask. What are you asking for? Once you're face to face, what do you actually say? When I was young, I was really young. The president of the United States came to my hometown and he was speaking and my dad was praying before he spoke. And our whole family was there along with a lot of other people. And as he finished speaking, he went to walk among the crowd and hug everyone and shake everyone's hand. And I was pressed up against the fence and I had Dakota, my little brother on my hip And I remember the president coming by us and he was shaking hands and hugging people. And he went to hug me and now Dakota is wedged in between us. And in that moment, I had not thought about what I wanted to say to the president of the United States. I didn't know what to say and everything left my mind. And the only thing that came out was, I love you. hear me the Syrophoenician woman doesn't get her moment with the king of the universe and forget what she came to say she doesn't seek him just to get afraid and back off on the desperate request that she's brought no she states her case And she says it with desperation. The Bible tells us that she throws herself at the feet of Jesus, that she's not playing games. She wants to, she wants to declare to Jesus and communicate clearly to him just how desperate she is. And she begins to beg, the word of God says, for the freedom of her daughter. I'm desperate. I'm begging. I'm honoring you right now, but I am hurting in my heart. You see, this Syrophoenician woman, she's an advocate. She is standing and stating the case for someone who can't speak for themselves. She's standing in the gap for her daughter. I'm standing on behalf of on my little girl who is tormented. What is an advocate? An advocate is someone who pleads a case. An advocate is someone who speaks for the rights of others. They are well acquainted with how the legal system works. They understand all the intricacies, all the twists and the turns, and they fight for the rights of others. This is exactly who this Syrophoenician woman is. She's standing in the gap saying, my baby girl can't get to you, so I'm gonna come myself and I will plead her case on her behalf to the one I know can make a difference the ironic thing is that in that day and age women didn't have any rights women weren't even allowed to have an advocate for themselves in fact the witness of a woman in that time was not allowed in court. It was considered worthless. That's why the story of the gospel is so amazing because the message of the gospel first came to women. Women were the first to be able to hold it. Don't you know that God himself orchestrated it that way? that if you were just trying to fabricate a story of a Messiah and you actually wanted people to believe it, you would not start by handing it off to women. But Jesus is an advocate for women. Jesus believes in the destiny that he's placed within women. And he's standing there and he's hearing her advocate for her daughter. And she's not backing down. She's saying what she needs to say. She is an advocate. Now I'm really excited because this week we kick off season two of our VU Cruise. Come on, if you love VU Cruise, put it in the chat, share some love. Man, I love VU Crews because it's not just here in Miami, but if you're online, you can be a part of an online VU Crew. It's beautiful what happens when you go from being a spectator to a participator, when you actually get people in your corner who speak life over you and encourage you. And I really believe that this is the season for so many of you to just take that leap and to go for it. But, you know, Rich and I, we lead a VU crew. And it's one of my favorite things that we do, and there are a lot of different people in our crew that we host, but two of the people that I absolutely love, their name is Caroline and David Cardenas, and they're two incredible people with four children. They have three boys and a little girl, and we've been on the journey with them for several years, and Last year, the very week that we closed, that everything in the nation and the world pretty much shut down because of the pandemic, is the week that their baby girl, Lily, was born. She was born the very week that this tidal wave of change hit our nation. Four months after that, Lily had open heart surgery as a four month old because she had complications in her body due to Down syndrome. And I've watched Caroline, over the last year, advocate for her daughter. And this past month, we celebrated Lily's first birthday. And she didn't just celebrate by honoring Lily, but no, Caroline, she put together an outreach that reached across the city to benefit families with Down syndrome. And as she posted the picture from that day with her three beautiful boys and her stunning daughter and her husband next to her, this is what she wrote in the caption of her post. She said, what a day, Advocate. This title strikes another chord. Don't get me wrong. Mama is pretty special, but Advocate gets me moving All of my four children have their own needs, abilities, strengths, and weaknesses, vowing to spend the rest of my life advocating for them, with them, and eventually behind them. And not only for them, but for the people with all abilities. What a blessing this journey is. I'm happy to have a child with Down syndrome in our home to remind us daily of how special life is really is. Oh, come on. Aren't you thankful for the mamas who advocate for those in need? I want to honor the women. Listen, I want to honor the women who advocate for those that don't have a voice. I want to let you know that you're seen and you're celebrated, not just by this community, but by God Almighty. He sees every effort. He sees your desperation. He sees the way you pour out your life so that others may be blessed and reached. She petitions Jesus. She's an advocate. Her mission is to advocate for her child. We're told in 1 John 2, chapter 1, verse 1, that Jesus is our advocate. This is what the Word says, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sin of the whole world. You see, little does the Syrophoenician woman know that as she steps up as an advocate for her daughter, that she has come face to face with the advocate, with the advocate of the world, with the advocate for every single lost, hurting, and dying soul, with the advocate for those that are overwhelmed, that feel over their heads, that don't have the answers to life, that don't feel like they have what it takes. Jesus is the advocate. And understand this, we don't just have an advocate, but the enemy is the accuser. There's an advocate and there is an accuser. You know the word devil is actually a judicial term? That that Diablos, it, it, it translates to mean a prosecuting attorney that the enemy is constantly accusing, that he is trying to bring up your past case to the Father to try to condemn you and convince you that you don't have the righteousness and the forgiveness that Jesus paid for 2,000 years ago. We're guilty as charged without the blood of Jesus. We don't have a future without the blood of Jesus. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood because now Jesus is our advocate. And the Holy Spirit is also our advocate forever, John 14 tells us. Not just for this moment, but for every single season to come. You see, we have an accuser, but the advocate wins every single time. And when the accuser comes before the throne room of heaven and tries to point out your past, you have an advocate in Jesus Christ who comes to the Father and says, no, my blood covers that. My blood paid for that. I don't see any stain. I don't see any blemish. I don't see any mistake. I don't see any condemnation because my blood covered that. Enemy can can try all he wants to bring up your past, to bring up your insecurity, to bring up your insufficiencies, to try to make you feel guilt. But just know that in every season of your life, whether you feel beaten down or whether you feel like you're on the mountaintop, you have an advocate who stands on your behalf. Oh, come on. If you're thankful for the God we serve, put your hands together. Thank him wherever you are. She advocates for her daughter, this woman. We don't even know her name. We know that she didn't belong there, that others thought she didn't belong, but Jesus welcomes her into a conversation. And as she petitions Jesus, Jesus does what you don't expect. He he starts this banter with her, like as if to ask her, "What what do you want me to do for you? give me a good reason, share with me your heart. He has communication and it's not one-sided. It says if Jesus removes himself from the spotlight of the story and just shines the spotlight so bright on her, says this is your moment, share with me, what do you need? This is a really awesome moment. Because as confusing as perhaps the context of the story and the conversation is to you, you have to understand she's the only woman who has ever properly responded to a parable. Not even woman. She's the only person. Not even the disciples do this. She has this wit about her. She has this like determination where she's like, I'll respond to you but I'm not just gonna to respond to you. I'll insert myself into the parable and I'll take it a step further. Very good. And her wit delights the heart of Jesus. Jesus is honored by her faith. She looks at him and she goes, yeah, they can have the bread. I just want a crumb. In other words, we can both eat at the same time. There is enough for everyone here. I came here to get what I need. Listen, Jesus, I'm not insulted. I'm insistent. I'm intentional. I'm looking at you and I know you got more than enough to meet my need. She will not back down. And it is absolutely irresistible. It's beautiful to see the way that she is responding with confidence, believing wholeheartedly that God is able to meet her need. They're going back and forth like friends. It's like her response can't be ignored. Now in our house, my oldest son is three years old, Wyatt, and we're learning how to play baseball right now. My dad, who's a coach back in Louisiana, he came to visit last month and he pulled out of his gift bag a blue baseball mitt. And what I can tell you about like teaching my son is that Wyatt does not know how to catch. Wyatt does not even know how to hit, although we practice a lot. But one thing Wyatt can do and do it well is Wyatt can throw that ball. Wyatt can throw the ball. He's passionate about finding a ball and throwing it as hard as he can. It makes me think of Psalms chapter 55, verse 22. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. You see, in the same way that you would play ball with a friend, that you would throw the ball and you would catch it. This is what the scripture is conveying to us that we throw our cares upon the Lord because He's willing and able to catch that which we throw to Him. Now, sometimes we think when we read that scripture that we're gonna cast our cares on God and then we're never gonna have to deal with them again. But that's not really what the scripture means. Oftentimes you choose to forgive on Sunday in service and Monday morning you wake up and that unforgiveness and that anger, it's hot on your head just like you felt it before. And what do you have to do? You gotta cast your cares once again. That bitterness, that rises back up. And what do you do? You got to cast your care. That insecurity, you got to cast your care. The financial impossibility, you got to cast your care again and again and again. I will cast my cares upon the Lord. He is able to sustain me. You may not be able to hit a home run. You may not even be able to catch a ball, but you can always cast your cares. You can always throw the worries that wake up heavy on your heart in the morning and keep you up at night. You can cast them upon Jesus. He is able to take on that which has weighed you down. If I have a testimony in the house tonight or online today, why don't we put our hands together? Cast your cares on the Lord. He is able to sustain you. When was the last time you petitioned Jesus? Seek him and we petition him. If you're desperate, this is what we'll do. I remember waking up as a little girl in my grandparents' home and, and just hearing my grandmother's voice early in the morning petitioning God, asking him, bringing her requests before him. Hear me, some of us are more persistent in traffic than when we pray. Some of us are way more determined to get that sale on those shoes that we want than we are to press into the presence of God. Uh, We scroll Instagram like we should actually search the scriptures. We take care of our physical body, but we completely neglect our spiritual diligence, hear me, God has called us to petition on heaven to know that we have an audience with the God of all and to know that he doesn't just listen, but he acts on our behalf. The Syrophoenician woman, she's wrestling with God. It's like, it's like what we read of when Jacob actually wrestles with God. This is what this woman is doing. She won't let him go. She's wrestling with him. She's contending with him. This is a sparring of some sort. She's saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. And friends, that sounds like a praying mama to me because there's something about a mother that is determined to get God to hear her voice a mother that cries to God in the midnight hour, that no weapon formed against her children shall prosper, that neither angels nor demons, nor fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow, not even hell can separate her or her family from God's love. And so she decides I'm going to pray it through. I'm not going to stop until I've prayed it through. I'm going to pray my baby through. I'm going to pray my teenager through. I'm going to pray until the addiction leaves i'm gonna pray until truth is revealed oh god i won't let you go until you bless me i'm a desperate mama and i'm full of faith and i know that my desperation and my faith it will bring a miracle if you're desperate how do you approach jesus You seek Jesus. You petition Jesus. But lastly, you believe Jesus. Verse 29 says, then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. Verse 30, so she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon was gone. know that the same story is told in Matthew chapter 15? The words of Jesus are recorded there and he looks at her and he says, woman you have great faith faith is belief and her belief delighted the heart of God I want my belief to delight the heart of God that I don't have to see it before I believe it, that I know who you are, God, and that's enough for me. You may not have slept last night because your mind has been tormented by the what ifs and what could happen. Let me tell you, if you're desperate, believe Jesus. His word is a sure and firm foundation. His promises are enough to get you and your family and your children or the children that you are praying to hold one day. His promises are enough to get you through. Hebrews chapter 11 verse six says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, that's, what the Syrophoenician woman did who earnestly seek him. I love it because Jesus looks at her and he says, for sexual reply, you may go. He tells her her daughter's healed. He doesn't say because your request is so great, you may go. He doesn't say because you did something great or you live the right, you may go. No, he says for sexual reply. What is he saying? He's saying you believe in me. You've made the decision, you've made it very clear and obvious to me that I am more than capable. You believe me to be more than a good teacher like the rich young ruler. You believe that I am able to heal and set free your daughter. She believes Jesus is the answer as she seeks him out. She believes Jesus is the answer as she petitions him. And then even when he says, your daughter is healed, go home, what does she do? She doesn't try to make him prove it. She doesn't ask him anything else. She believes him. She turns around and she walks out. Mark is full of stories where Jesus, when he says, go home to someone, it's because he is impressed or touched with their faith. She believes his words and she leaves assured. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus have I trust Him How I've proved Him more and all oh, Jesus, Jesus Precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust you more. Just to take him at his word. Will you take him at his word today? I'm not sure you don't understand my world is crumbling. My back us up against the wall. The things that I thought were short, it's all falling apart. Will you take him at his word today? But you don't understand what's going on in my marriage. How long we've been waiting. Will you take him at his word today? Because if you're desperate, there's strength for you if you will choose to believe. If you're desperate, there's peace for you right here in the middle of your valley. If you will choose to take Him at His word. He is a faithful God. He is true. What He starts, He finishes. What He has begun inside of you, He will carry it out until completion. He is with you, He is for you. Will you believe Him? See, it's powerful because this woman, she has faith in her role, and she has faith in the role of Jesus. All be me, Jesus. I know my inadequacies. I know my failures. I know that I'm incapable of doing this, but you be you. Because I believe that there's nothing that you can't do. Hey. don't bring your resume to Jesus. Bring your need, reach boldly. I'm not trying to prove I'm worthy, God. I just know that you are able. And as I call the name of Jesus, you hear me and you answer me and you're honored when I choose to believe. You're honored by my faith. See, Jesus talked about this kind of tenacious spirit in the book of Luke chapter 11. As I read the words of Jesus to you, I think you're gonna see the parallel and the correlation pretty clearly. And I think the question that I ask myself is, could it be that Jesus was referring to the tenacity of this Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter seven, when he's speaking in Luke chapter 11? He says in verse five, Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. In other words, I'm resting. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse eight, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, and these are the words of Jesus, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What is Jesus saying? He's saying if you're desperate, you won't be denied. If you seek Him, you will find Him every single time, in every season of your life, in every minute of the day, with tears streaming down your face or joy in your heart. If you seek Him, you will find Him. If you knock earnestly, if you petition, He will answer you. He will hear every prayer that's on your lips. Oh friends, and if you believe Him at His word, There is nothing that He can or will not do on your behalf. May our daily desperation drive our worship, our prayers, our daily path, our aspirations in life. This isn't just a story of a woman who is in a desperate time, who God meets her in her desperation. No, friends, as followers of Jesus, we understand mountaintop or valley. We are nothing without the blood. We are nothing without the cross. We are desperate for God, and our desperation moves Him. So, if you're desperate, seek. If you're desperate, petition. If you're desperate, believe. And you will find him. He's close to the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. I don't know how much you are hurting tonight, but I know this. God hears the prayers on your lips whether you've never cried out to him in your entire life, whether you've never walked through the door of a church, he comes to you today and you have the opportunity to seek him and you will find him if you're desperate. All over this room and for all the people that are watching online, I wanna give you the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. I believe that there are people that are in this room and watching today. You may be in your house or listening by podcast. You may have just somehow overheard this message as a friend is playing it, I don't know. But the question to you is, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Not, not have you been to church, not are your parents, Christians. Do you know Jesus? Because today you have the opportunity to throw your life into his hands. The Psalmist David said, I'm throwing my life into your hands, I'm celebrating your rescue. This is a moment for you not to just cast your cares, but cast your very life. Make him your Lord and Savior, simply by choosing to believe that he died for you, that his blood was shed and that he rose three days later so that you could have a new life and a new beginning. If that's you all over this room, and if you're watching online, if you'd say, "Don't Shree, I choose Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and savior. I just want you with no hesitation to lift your hand, acknowledge it in this moment, wherever you are. I choose you, Jesus, in your heart. He sees your heart. Will you pray this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, today I choose, I choose. to throw my, throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me. You rose, you rose again, forgive me of my sins. I wanna walk with you. I'm desperate for you, in Jesus' name, amen. You know what, I believe that there's another group of people, and I know that there are people that are in the toughest season of their life right now. And maybe it's not even you. Maybe it's someone that you love, and today you'd stand in the gap and you'd be an advocate for them. You'd pray on their behalf. You'd petition on their behalf. You would believe on their behalf. Today, I wanna pray specifically for you and for those that you love. If you're in this room and you say, "Don Cherie, I'm desperate, or someone that I love is desperate. If you're watching online, you say, "Don Cherie, I'm desperate. Right where you are, I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. I wanna pray over you. Lord, I thank you that this is a family. A family where we don't hide the wounds of our life or the tears that fall down our face, but God, that we can be honest with you. And just like this woman in Mark chapter seven, she falls at your feet. God, today we come to you and we say, we need you. We're desperate for you. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God, who feels like giving up, feels like they can't make it past another day. God, I pray right now that hope would rise within their spirit as they choose to take you at your word as they choose to believe in you, as they choose to trust you. God, I pray that they would choose not to spectate, but to participate in community that is life-giving. God, that surrounds them in prayer in their toughest time. And God, as we petition for those that we love, we speak healing, By your stripes, we are healed. You are able to heal right here, right now. You are able to fill hospital rooms, God, with your presence. Lord, I pray right now for those that need restoration. Lord, that what has been broken, in one moment, you can restore. You can renew because you are able. God, I pray that we would speak our faith. God, I pray that we would seek you, that we would petition you, and we would believe you. In Jesus' name, and all of you, church, say, Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to VUChurch.com. We love you, the best is yet to come.